Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And alongside me tonight, folks, is my brother, Nicholas Osen of Ames, Iowa, the pride and joy of the central Midwestern state. Nick, how are you doing tonight, my brother, as we embark on not only a new NFL season in just two weeks, but also the Cyclones kicking off next Saturday against Southeast Missouri. I keep it real with you, brother. I, I got to keep it real with, you know, our listeners. I'm good, but times are a little crazy right now, you know? So I'm glad that we're able to, to do this and keep things rolling. This is truly, I said it on the radio this week, it's one of my favorite times of the year because football's coming back. But I also still have this, you know, childlike, anxiety pit in my stomach I've had since I was nine just seeing people going back to school and things like that so it's a crazy time but a lot of good I'm glad we can chop things up a little bit before a couple busy weeks for both of us Nick I would argue that there has never been a more hectic time in my life than what we're experiencing right now and I could not agree with you more in terms of that unique feeling very much the back-to-school feeling, but the positive side that happens to be the game of football, and that is what we are here to talk about tonight. And I know it all too well in terms of that feeling as I remain in school, but on the other side of things as a teacher. So I don't know if that feeling will ever go away for me. So Nick and our listeners, strap in for a wild one as we talk about our beloved Chicago Bears and Nick's favorite topic revolving around the game of football, fantasy, as we have a draft coming up on Sunday night together in a very special eight-team league. So as always, folks, just up. All right, Nick. Week three of the NFL preseason is coming up in just a few days for our beloved Chicago Bears. And they are looking to complete the trifecta, go 3-0 and in the preseason against a very familiar foe in the Cleveland Browns. Of course, they're in the AFC, and people are probably wondering why I would say they're familiar. But we played them last season in the regular season which was Justin Fields' first start in the state of Ohio. And it was a bloodbath in the wrong direction. And in years that we don't play the Browns when they count, it almost always seems that we play them in the preseason. So we might not see them very often in real meaningful games, but you can always count it in that third or fourth week of August, the Browns and Bears will go to battle. And this is the most pivotal of all preseason games, as Coach Flus has said that the starters will be in for the first half, including Justin Fields. So I want to know your take on that because you've been preaching Justin Fields, protect him at all costs. We know he's talented and he can get the job done on Sundays. And a full half for him just two weeks out from the regular season, that has to be concerning for you 
Yeah, I don't necessarily love it from the from the angle of the quarterback. You know, I saw that as well. And for the most part, it wasn't crazy to me because I remember when we would sometimes go to the third preseason game of the year, you know, in August, we'd be lucky to see a lot of starters once in a while. And that was like a big treat for us. And it also makes some sense for the team because it is like your last full kind of dress rehearsal and everything before the games really count. And obviously things don't necessarily get too easy when that comes around week one. Fields, I just, I still have a little bit of an issue with it because I don't fully trust this offensive line. Obviously Fields is someone that is capable of tucking and running sometimes. I think he's been pretty smart about his body recently as well in terms of on the field. But I was just texting with one of our friends today about my expectations for the Bears. And basically, nothing really matters this season if we don't have a healthy Justin Fields present. So that is why that concerns me a little bit. But I do trust Flus for the most part and this new regime. I've kind of said that. So I guess I'll just knock on wood, watch it a little bit, and hope for the best. But schematically and, and for football reasons – it does make a lot of sense to get ready for the regular season. Nick, I think we've just been hurt too many times before as far as the quarterback position goes because I've never seen you so tentative and anxious around uh, whether the quarterback is going to get time in the preseason. And I think it's just because of our anticipation of what Justin Fields will be able to unlock come real Sundays in the regular season that he may not have been able to under the Matt Nagy regime last year. So I understand it, but I really would love to see Justin Fields put together a drive against starters on that Browns defense that pummeled him last year and score six points in the end zone because of something that quarterback one did. Okay, I am sick and tired of watching a three and out or a field goal during a Justin Fields possession. I need that man to strike down the field, march all the way to the end zone with his starters alongside him and solidify my confidence in him. That makes a lot of sense. I'm not necessarily wavering as much in that confidence but there needs to be that type of production leading drives and finishing drives just to get you a little more confident and a little better setup for the regular season when like I mentioned things aren't you know going to get easier as when week one comes around the Bears will be facing a pretty talented defense on really all levels. Nick that's another familiar foe in the San Francisco 49ers we saw Justin Fields do remarkable things against that defense with our own eyes at Soldier Field. So believe it or not, folks that are listening, I am far less concerned about the San Francisco 49ers game than most Bears fans are right now. And Nick, you talk about how week three of the preseason used to be, you know, where the starters play their most action. And then week four 
was always those fringe guys getting that last opportunity to show themselves to hopefully make an NFL roster. And I honestly love the way it's formatted now in the NFL. Three weeks of clean preseason and an extra game tacked on to the regular season in January because there's nothing better than meaningful football coming down to a playoff race and things of that nature. So what I do love, not only getting an extra regular season game, but the fact that after Saturday, the Bears can scrap whatever happened on that field in Cleveland and recognize that they have two weeks in front of them to prepare for an opponent that they saw last year and came close to beating. So preseason be gone and give us two weeks to just hone in on Trey Lance and get in that backfield and have Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn put him in the dirt. That's what I'm most excited about when the clock strikes zero in the fourth quarter on Saturday afternoon. That is a great point, and it kind of builds the anticipation. Obviously, we did see a really fun game together with our buddy as well last year. I can't believe that was only last season, but that was a blast, and it was a game where Fields really showed some some incredible things. I, I know when I went back out east to work at ESPN, people were talking about that Fields run. It really was exciting. I just, I've been high on the 49ers. You know, I was throughout the playoffs last season. There are some personnel changes, but it's going to be an absolute battle. I, I think there's no question that it's going to be at least that, if not an uphill climb for our respective favorite team. There's certainly no disregarding the greatness that Kyle Shanahan has been able to build uh, with that San Francisco 49ers team, but they're starting essentially a rookie quarterback in Trey Lance. And I know we are as bears fans, pretty much calling Justin Fields, a rookie. Uh, he had a little bit more opportunity than Lance did last year, but both quarterbacks in this scenario are hopefully being given the keys to the kingdom in terms of being the leaders of their offense. Of course, we don't want Trey Lance to have all of Kyle Shanahan's tricks because we've seen them on display in the playoffs and they worked in our favor when playing the Green Bay Packers. But week one, yes, you would like to see an awesome young quarterback battle. You're hopeful that Kyle Shanahan sticks the outside zone because our Bears defense is well-equipped to cover it. Nick, one last thing that I would absolutely love to recognize with our beloved Chicago Bears, one of the founding franchises of the beautiful game, and that is leader of the defense, Roquan Smith, is shutting out all the noise of the contract talks. He is being the bigger man. I will say that right now. The Bears were not willing to put up the money that he so deserves as the most talented defensive player, possibly the most gifted player on the entire roster. He is playing out the entirety of his contract, and he is going to prove once again why he is in the top discussion for linebackers in this league, and he will reset the market 
once March rolls around next year for the linebacker position. I truly believe it. If he has another all-pro type season, which there's nothing he's shown that he would not be able to replicate for 2022, of course he's coming in a little bit ill-prepared because he hasn't seen live action against a different team, but he will have that opportunity on Saturday. I just don't think there's anyone more football-ready than Roquan Smith regardless of whether he's been practicing against his own teammates and there's no bigger dog on that defense than number 58. And he's proven it Sunday in and Sunday out for the last two years. Now I was excited about this news. This is just me being the great brother that I am, you know, obviously it should help the bears on the field. And I didn't want, I'm pulling for Ryan Poles not in this situation long-term. So I didn't want this one to come back and, and backfire right away. Very glad that it didn't, but you know, I was thinking of you right when this happened, because this is another player. I always like to give you credit when you do this, like a, like a Jokic in the NBA that you've been on for a long time. One of your favorites. So it's a big thing. And now I hope because this, as much as we love it, it is a cheap organization Historically, it generally is. I hope that, number one, Quan can stay healthy. And two, he obviously balls out and earns that money. And I hope that the Bears are the team to pay him. Because I don't think you're too far off with kind of resetting the market. We'll see really the type of interest there is in paying a linebacker like that. But the Bears are going to have a ton of money to spend. And I'm very excited for that. And I'm someone that believes in, I think I said it about the Rams on this last week, but reward the players that have really done good things for your, your franchise on the field. And I think that he absolutely has. I also don't expect it to slow down. And honestly, I I feel that I'm higher on this defense than some people similar, similar to the, the Iowa state team that I cover. I feel like I'm high on this Bears defense because they're young and inexperienced, but, man, they've got some talent at all those spots, especially the secondary. So I'm excited about that news as well, brother, and I hope it pays off. Nick, you truly had me choked up there for a moment, and I appreciate you recognizing my great love for Roquan Smith. And I had the pleasure of meeting him at training camp when things opened up in late July. And of course, I immediately thought to myself, am I jinxing these Chicago Bears when I post a photo with him one day and then just a few days later, he reveals that he's holding out. But we are past that now. 58 will be on the field when the lights come on. And he even promised us that. He said on social media, Well before holding out and drawing national attention, he said when the smoke clears, 58 is going to be there. And he is living up to that remark. And we will see him against the 49ers and so on throughout the 2022 season. But Nick, I love how you mentioned. I know we are looking at the season ahead of us, but in 2023, the Bears will have the most money to spend 
across the league as a whole, which is very exciting uh, for the future of this franchise, like you mentioned. So, Nick, kind of rounding out the show here, your favorite topic of them all, fantasy football. You and I have a draft on Sunday night, the 28th, for those listening at home. And this is our special draft. It's stacked. We've got eight teams, which only makes things more competitive because each roster is that much more talented with less players being taken in the snake. So I would love to hear a handful of offensive juggernauts that you are planning to take on Sunday night or that you would like to take on Sunday night. Of course, don't give me all of your tricks and secrets because we're going up against each other. But I have a few players listed that I am hoping will be there when I draft on Sunday night and a little bit out-of-the-box type of picks, and I'll give you my reasoning. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play host a little bit here because this is – I actually put it on my my board for subscribers recently. Maybe my second favorite thing in the world after just purely playing basketball. So I got to tell you, I haven't even told you this. This is the first year, and it hurts me a little bit because I'm growing up. In my 12 years of playing fantasy that I've had to tell a league no. So how many leagues do you think I'm sitting at? Currently, I'd say you're at about five or six dang you you know me well man so i'm at five there's that echelon and obviously ours is in the top two or three which i will hit on but yeah i got invited to a sixth and i enjoyed the league when i'd done it before but it's too much you got to separate kind of that top three as for our league i can't give you too much but obviously i'll give you a little bit especially because you know it's one of my favorite guys and I think I've had him two of the last three years in our league. The man in Kansas City, Travis Kelsey. That's that's a guy that I haven't done my full notes. I've got two drafts this weekend, but that I sincerely eye in 75, 80% of drafts. And then another name that I, I mentioned when I think when I last saw you, Adam Thielen in Minnesota. Obviously, he's not the best receiver on that team, but I feel like in this new system and, and new coaching regime there, He's going to get some looks, and I, I also think he's going to be a nice PPR guy. I'm not sure if they're going to try to kind of run and force that run as much. I haven't checked on the Vikings a lot recently, but those are certainly a couple. And, of course, I wouldn't mind Justin Fields as kind of my QB, too. Nick, I honestly think in most drafts you could get Justin Fields as your QB3, and that is no knock on our quarterback, but he won't draw a lot of takers uh, in fantasy drafts, certainly in our league where we'll have eight teams. But you have to recognize something here, folks. When Nick says Travis Kelsey in 75 or 80% of leagues, he is number one on your board regardless of what league you're playing in. He's a first-round pick for Nick every year. No matter the spot. I honestly believe if you had the first overall pick, you'd take him. And my retort to that is, has he ever let me down? No, and he wouldn't this year with Tyreek Hill out the door down in Miami. So he's going to be wide receiver option one for the Kansas City Chiefs 
despite being a tight end. So I don't hate the pick at all. It's just the fact that you're pulling back that 20% when he could be sitting in your lap at the first pick and you'll just snatch him off the board. So you're not lying. You're honestly not. He's, he's been the guy for me four years running finished tight end one in three of those. And he's just a guy that's fun to watch. Seems to just be awesome, dude. So you got me there. And I honestly, looking at the top players for this year, I would argue that this is one of the slimmest tight end drafts in recent memory. Of course, you've got the Travis Kelsey's, the George Kittles, and the Darren Wallers. But things just got astronomically more crowded in Las Vegas with Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in football, joining that core. So, of course, Darren Waller is still going to get those targets, but you also have to get the ball to the best route runner I've ever seen in number 17. And that little quick man named Hunter Renfro. So it's a log jam when it comes to catching the ball in Las Vegas, folks. Keep that in mind during your fantasy drafts. On my side of... (laughs) That little quick man. Is that your fantasy team name? (laughs) if Renfro ends up on my roster, you can bet your bippy that he's going to be. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> oh my Lord. If Hunter Renfro does make my roster, you can bank on it that my team will be titled the little quick man. So, Nick, on my side of things, I had a number of receivers listed, most of which you've seen me draft in the past, guys that I have fallen in love with over the past few years. And there are a couple that are kind of in unique spots as far as the weapons around them that would propel their numbers into a deeper stratosphere because of the lack of talent around them. So, of course, the familiar names, you know I absolutely love number 13 out in Los Angeles, Keenan Allen. Almost every year since Herbert has come into the league, I have to draft that pair on at least one of my teams. Those are my go-tos come Sunday night. Of course, I need a running back in the first round, which I will not say. But... That tandem is paramount for me. And then guys that are in new situations on new teams or just simply have zero talent around them, and that's putting it lightly, would be that unique connection with Tua and Tyreek Hill down in Miami. Certainly don't draft Tua. But I think Tyreek Hill is going to have a monstrous year over 100 catches and upwards of 1400 receiving yards i truly believe it it is going to be open season on south beach for wide receiver one of the miami dolphins additionally i drafted him last year in his rookie season 
kind of goes along that track of a Travis Kelsey, and that is Kyle Pitts in Atlanta. Of course, they've got a Swiss Army knife in Cordero Patterson, whether he's running the ball or catching the ball or returning it. But Kyle Pitts is going to get every target coming his way. I wrote this down in my notes, Nick, because Cordero Patterson is listed as a running back. If you look at the wide receivers for this Atlanta Falcons team, I think it is the worst trio in the National Football League. One being Damir Bird, another being a rookie in Drake London, and I could not even remember the number one receiver listed on their depth chart because it is such an atrocious group. Yeah, I like a lot of those picks. Obviously, being in several leagues, some of those guys kind of carry over to some of my picks. Love hearing Cordero Patterson out there. It'll be another busy weekend this weekend, and a lot of that will be some fantasy drafts. So hopefully that'll be a blast for sure. Folks, you can count on myself and Nick to be FaceTiming, possibly Zooming on Sunday night while the draft goes on. And the man himself, Max Aker, will be alongside me in the war room. And we'll have quite the lively conversation uh, amongst us three. So, folks, thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Juice Time Podcast. It was an action-packed episode and just gets me even more excited for the beautiful game to return come September 11th. So, Nick, thank you so much for being my co-host once again for the umpteenth time as we embark on truly one of the most remarkable falls in the history of our lives. And as always, folks, just up. Bear down forever. <laughs>